Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Just Janice. I'm so excited for today's episode because I'm going to be reading you another chapter of my book, Slay in Singlehood, Celebrating Life in Every Season. And so the chapter I'm going to be reading to you is actually my last chapter. So spoiler alert uh, for those of you who have not gotten my book. I'm pretty sure this chapter will hook you because this is like my favorite chapter. It's called First Love Passion. And I just love this chapter because I really hit on the absolute most important relationship that we will ever have in life. And that is our relationship with the Lord. And so this has just kind of been a theme on my heart. I feel like for a couple of years now, just this cry and this call of the Holy Spirit to beckon us back to our first love, to the, to the things that we did when we first fell in love with him. And I think about myself when I was 17 years old and gave my heart to the Lord and just the passion and the fire that was inside of me and just returning to that place of total abandonment and surrender to what God has for my life because it's so easy as the days go on and the years go on and and so on that we just we can like lose that passion and lose that fire and and hurt happens and we go through seasons of life maybe that aren't as exciting and thrilling and and just go through hard stuff because that's life (laughs) Bible even talks about that, that in this world, we will have trouble. And, uh, but we can't forget about the second part of that verse because it says, but take heart. I have overcome the world and Jesus did. He conquered it all. So, um, I'm going to read this chapter and just, and it really just hits on everything that I'm just sharing about that call back to our first love. And, and I even encourage you to get into the word and read about the wise virgins and keeping oil in our lamps. It's just, just such a call in this hour And I believe it has been since Christ resurrected to stay in that place of first love, passion and and fervency for him and not abandon that first love with him. Because we know that the greatest commandment in scripture is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. And so uh, that is where I'm at. That's where I want to be. Like I want to love him with everything inside of me and to be totally surrendered to him in all areas of my life and to keep my heart open to him to change me and mold me and make me more like him. And I love, I love that the word says that we're being continually conformed to the pattern of his image. And I'm just so thankful for the work that he has done in my life. And I look back over my life, my entire life, but specifically since I gave my heart to him and and surrendered my life to him and just see such transformation because he is a transforming God. Like he changes us when you spend time in his word and time in his presence, you cannot help but be changed. And it's a beautiful process and, and one that I'm so thankful for. So I'm going to go ahead and read chapter 15 called First Love Passion. And I have two scriptures at the beginning of this chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, and it says, pursue love. And then Revelations 2, 4 says, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. There is something so special about the feelings of newness that accompany the start of a relationship. The object of our affection consumes our time, occupies our mind, and captivates our attention. 
We willingly and gladly invest ourselves in the relationship because it means so much to us. Our heart is wrapped up in the other person's well-being as we find our own enhanced by their very presence in our life. They say falling in love is easy, but staying in love takes work. Newness is something we never want to lose. We purchase sprays to keep the colors vibrant on our clothing, schedule Botox injections to keep our faces looking young, and we trade in our perfectly running vehicles for the newest models. As a culture, we are obsessed with the latest and greatest of everything. We need new and are always looking for ways to pursue it. My heart is to leave a legacy that points to the love of God that consumed my life here on this earth. I think about the countless people in scripture and throughout history who forsook everything to follow Jesus, the 12 disciples, the ones that journeyed with him from city to city, the women that supported his ministry from their own resources, and even my pastor who abandoned his own plans of a career in sports medicine to go to Bible college and enter the ministry. I love Stephanie Gretzinger's song, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. The lyrics portray the desire of my heart and all that I want to be known for or in, let me say that one more time. The lyrics portray the desire of my heart and all that I want to be known as for loving Jesus. If my heart could tell a story, if my life could sing a song, if I have a testimony, if I have anything at all, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. His faithful hand has held me all this way. And when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on the earth, let it be known in you alone my joy was found. In a world where everything around us seems to compete for our time, attention, and affections, maintaining a first love passion for God can be challenging. One prayer I have had during my time of being single, and even more so recently, has been for God to stir in me a first love passion and desire for Him again. I never want my love for Him to grow cold and complacent or fall from the position of first priority. I remember when I first fell in love with God. I was 17 and attending a small youth group in my hometown. This was the same hometown I attended from preschool all the way through high school graduation. I had a childhood full of vacation Bible school, release time Bible class, and Sunday school memories, which all served as fuel for the desire to know him more. I finally gave my heart completely to God after a Wednesday night youth group service. I don't remember anything specific about the service itself, but I do remember my surrender to Jesus as Lord in my car afterwards. I cried as I realized I wanted more than casual and infrequent encounters with the God of all things. The incredible personal love of God and the realization I had of my complete need for him in my life impacted me deeply and changed me forever. I made a decision to not just know about God, but to actually know him. As I grew in my faith and understanding of him through sitting under sound teaching and reading my Bible, I wanted others to know about the radical love of God that had put a permanent mark on me and was gradually changing me into the person I was always meant to be. My pastor always challenged us to share the gospel and find ways to evangelize, and I fully accepted the challenge. I shared about him with anyone who would listen, my family, friends, classmates, coworkers, and even complete strangers. I would go out looking for people so I could speak with them about God. My love for him was so immense, and it motivated me to do things that only love could compel me to do. Ruth is one of my favorite people in scripture. If coffee dates are a thing in heaven, I want one with her. She was a woman whose story is told in just four short chapters in the Old Testament. Her life was marked by a bold decision to leave her familiar homeland and relocate to a new place with her mother-in-law, Naomi. She chose to abandon the gods of her homeland and serve the one true God. Ruth was not a woman who lived in idleness, and her resolve to move 
resulted in her being in the direct lineage of Christ. Her decision is such a strong example of surrender to God's plan and the beauty that comes when we relent our own will to his. Love compelled Ruth to leave the only land she ever knew and embark boldly into the unknown future God had for her. One of my biggest fears in life has always been heights. Arachnophobia has had a grip on me for as long acrophobia, not arachnophobia, arachnophobia of spiders, acrophobia has had a grip on me for as long as I can remember. My grandma has told me more than once about one of my kindergarten field trips that she helped chaperone. Apparently, there was an escalator we all had to take at the museum we were visiting, and I was so scared that someone had to carry me on it. I have no recollection of this happening, but based on other past experiences involving heights, I have never even questioned the validity of this story. In 2007, I had the opportunity to join several youth groups along with my own on an AIM, Ambassadors in Mission, missions trip to the Dominican Republic. We were invited to help missionaries Matt and Carrie Love for several days during service projects and outreaches in very poverty-stricken communities. My eagerness to walk through every door God opened for me superseded my extreme fear of flying, and I decided to raise the funds to go. The night before our departure from the Detroit airport, I barely slept. The sounds of airplanes taking off and landing all night long was unsettling. My stomach was in tight knots and my mind screamed every possible illogical reason I should not get on that plane and just go home. I was still pretty young in my Christian walk and hadn't learned yet the power of taking my thoughts captive and speaking words of faith. Even though my mind raced like a Sunday morning NASCAR tournament, I was determined to not let fear stop me. I got on the airplane with a feeling of dread. My apprehension literally skyrocketed, and as we took off, the unfamiliarity of flying, coupled with my ungrounded fear, gripped me tightly. The crippling anxiety that came over me felt completely out of control. I shook nervously and began to quietly cry. Once I realized the plane was staying in the air and was not going to suddenly drop out of the sky as I had imagined, I was able to relax and actually even enjoy the flight. Why would I do something that completely scared me senseless? The best answer I have to that question is an echo of 2 Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ compelled me. Since I gave my life to God, I have done things I never thought I would do, and he has taken me to places I never thought I would go. The love of God motivated me to travel almost 2,000 miles to tell people in in poverty-stricken villages that there is a God who loves them and wants a relationship with them. It has also driven me to share his love in my own community and any place he has put me since this life-changing love encounter. Love will do that. It compels us to do things we may have deemed impossible at one time or at the very least thought to be extremely unlikely. It compels us to speak up and take a stand for what's right. It compels us to silence ourselves to forms of hurtful speech like gossip, slander, and negativity because we know and understand the power of our words and would never want to damage someone with them. It compels us to action when the result is worth the pursuit and worth fighting for. 1 Corinthians 13.8 speaks the truth that love never fails. Definitions of the word fail include be success, be unsuccessful in achieving one's goals, neglect to do something, break down, cease to work well. Because love never fails, we can confidently know it does the opposite of anything linked to failure. Love is successful in achieving one's goals. 
Love does not neglect to do something. It tends to and maintains care for the object of its affection, refuses complacency, and spurns sitting still when action is necessary. Love does not break down or cease to work well. It is fully functioning and accomplishes its intended purposes to the best and fullest capacity. My recent prayer to return to and remain in a first love passion with God, the lover of my soul, is one I also pray for every believer who reads this and even those who don't. Time and distractions can pull us away from what really matters. We were created to know the one who created us, and I don't want anything in my life to get in the way of that. Jesus addressed the Ephesians church in the book of Revelation regarding the loss of their first love for God. They were given a whole list of the amazing works that they were doing for God, laboring, not not bearing evil or growing weary, displaying patience and perseverance, and more. As a church, they were doing many admirable and noteworthy things that were making a difference. The danger they were charged with was the fact that they were doing all of these great works but had abandoned their first love. They were shown that all of their deeds meant nothing if they did not have a first love passion in them as a driving force. They were instructed to repent and return to their first works, the first works motivated by their first love. This is a message for all of the church, past and present. 1 Corinthians 13 lists many great works. Great works. Tongues, prophecy, understanding mysteries, knowledge, faith, giving to the poor, and self-sacrificing. This is all from the same perspective that doing and having all these wonderful works and services profits nothing without love. The value of anything we do outside of love is worth nothing. I desire so strongly for my life and any ministry that God entrusts me with to be propelled by my first love for him. I want my words and my actions to be influenced by a love that I know deeply and personally, not one that I only hear about from others or experience secondhand. I want to remember always the way it was when I first fell in love with God. I want his love to activate all that I do and for any work that I accomplish in his name to be an overflow of the intimate love relationship I have with him. A first love passion is a love that is above the love we have for anyone or anything else. Loving God is one of the two greatest commandments Jesus gives us in scripture. He always equips us to do anything he calls us to. The word is our guide to understanding what it means to truly love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. I want to love God with my entire being. Psalms 26.2 and 139.23 were both penned by David, who is affectionately known as a man after God's own heart. In both verses, David's willingness and desire for God to examine his heart is one I want to mimic in my own life. I want him to have full access to reveal all that is happening within me, good or bad. I want him to correct anything that doesn't please or honor him. That means the open sign on my heart is always turned on for him because I've given him the master key to my heart. When we give our heart to the Lord, the process to examine, cleanse, guard, and maintain it lasts a lifetime. Surrendering our hearts is not a one-and-done event that happens. I believe a lot of people give their heart to God at some point in their lives, but it stops there. We have to keep ourselves open to the continual work of the Holy Spirit within us. I desire to live a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Colossians 1.10 The more I know Him, the more I love Him. That love changes me, and it affects everyone and everything around me as well. 
I heard about a challenge people were doing some time ago where they tried to go 24 hours without seeing anything negative, and the result was that it wasn't very easy. I think a better challenge than trying to will us to speak positively and avoid negative speech is to allow God to reveal and get to the root of what causes the negative speech to begin with. Everything we say is an overflow of what is in our heart. If the heart is taken care of, then it won't be an effort to filter what comes out of our mouth. A really good prayer is a combination of Psalms 51.10 and Psalms 19.14. To paraphrase, God, create a clean heart within me and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart please you. Praying scripture and making it personal is powerful. Find a group of people who have a first love passion for God. Complacency and fervency are both contagious, so catch the latter. Stay rooted and grounded in the word. It's God's written word to us, so make reading it a priority. Get good mentors who can pour into your life and help you grow. Those who are older in the faith and still pursuing God vigorously. It's hard to love someone you don't know. I promise you that God is not hiding himself from you. He wants you to know him. So take that first step and keep going. He promises to draw near to us when we draw near to him. James 4, 8. The only one who stops us from living a life of zeal and passion is ourselves. Shake the apathy, shake the complacency, shake ho-hum, monotonous living. Find your first love and enjoy a passionate, abundant life you are always created to live. And then I'm going to end with my poem, which is how I end the book, which is um, called First Love. Shake us from our slumber, disturb the apathy. Awake us from our sleeping, break all complacency. Fill us with unquenching zeal and blazing passion for your name. Let us experience you in such a way we'll never be the same. Interrupt our own agendas. We lay down our man-made plans. We want to hear from heaven to seek your face, not just your hand. We declare a return to our first love, a longing to know you more. We want to love you deeper than we ever have before. Boil the lukewarm water so we're hot for you again. Ignite a burning spark inside us, fan the flame within. Keeping oil in our lamps, we will not be lulled to sleep. We silence enemy lies and serve him total vacancy. To know you and to make you known is the deepest desire of our heart. We trust fully in your faithfulness to finish what you start. Let us see a lost and broken world both healed and returned by the power of the gospel and the truth of your word. Amen. 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 So that is the end of that chapter. So I pray that it blessed you. And I just love the feedback, honestly, that I've been getting from my book. It's been such an encouragement to me. And um, any of you that have written a book, I'm sure you can relate. But if you haven't, like when you just pour your heart and everything into a project like like a book and then just put it out there to the world, I mean, honestly, you have no idea what the response will be and the feedback and and how people will take it. And I put a lot of very vulnerable things in my book and experiences, life experiences and things. And so it, it was very like, ah, <laughs> to put it out there for the world. And the feedback I've been getting and just the ways that God has used this book to encourage people has been such an encouragement to me. And I want that to encourage you too. If you feel like God has put something on your heart to do, to know that your yes and your obedience has greater impact than you could even imagine. And that is something that I tell people all the time. Like, you have no idea the impact that your yes makes. So I want to encourage you, whether that's writing or music or comedy or whatever, there's so many ways that God has God has gifted his children and given us different talents and things to use to impact the kingdom and impact people. And so whatever that looks like for you, 
I just pray boldness over you that you would just step into whatever that is because the world needs what you carry and the enemy will try to convince you that what you carry isn't good enough, that no one needs what you have, that other people are already doing what you are thinking about doing and so you're not needed. You're just another number kind of thing and that is such a lie to keep you quiet and silent and in bondage and muzzled and all the things and so yeah I just encourage you to not hide not hide what God has put inside of you don't bury your talent so I'm gonna go ahead and pray over us and as always if you ever need prayer for anything please reach out to me I would love to be a source of encouragement for you and just know that I care about everyone who tunes into this podcast I just love people in general so Um, If you ever need anything or just want to talk, I am totally open to that. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for the message of this podcast. God, I thank you for that call that you are wooing us back into that first love with you. God, I pray that you would show us what that looks like. Show us how to practically apply that word to our lives, how to go about being about your business, to go about chasing after the things of you in this crazy crazy world that we are living in, God. I want nothing more than to live a life that honors and glorifies and pleases you. And so God, I pray that you would show every single listener who tunes into this podcast, show them exactly what you have created them with, what gifts and talents you have put on the inside of them. God, I pray if there are things that they were born and created with that they have not discovered yet, God, I pray that there would be a revealing of that in their hearts and minds. Lord, I just speak a boldness over every single listener, God, to step fully into what you've called them to. God, I pray that every lie of the enemy would fall off. Lord, any negative words or just discouragement that they have encountered in the past, God, that that would fall off too. Lord, that they would be able to run with perseverance the race that you have marked out for them. God, you are so good and you are so faithful and I just love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Just Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. To find other great podcasts in the network, visit newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Just Janice Podcast.